In preparation for celebrating the 500th anniversary of the Reformation on October 29th, we have studied the six chief parts of Luther's small catechism. We've reviewed the Ten Commandments, the Apostles' Creed, the Lord's Prayer, the Sacrament of Baptism, and the Office of the Keys. Today, we conclude our review with the study of the Sacrament of the Altar. As with baptism, Luther also addresses communion in three parts. What is it? It is the true body and blood of the Lord Christ. Just as the baptismal water is not mere water, so also the bread and wine are not mere bread and wine, but bread and wine set within God's word and bound to it. What, is the, what its benefits are? We go to the sacrament because there we receive a great treasure through and in which we obtain the forgiveness of sins. It is therefore called food of the soul, for it nourishes and strengthens the new creature. We were born anew through baptism, but we still live in the flesh, and thus we often grow weary and faint at times, even stumble. Therefore, the Lord's Supper is given as a daily food and sustenance so that our faith may be refreshed and strengthened. Who is to receive it? It is the one who believes what the words say and what they give, for they are not spoken or preached to stone or wood, but to those who hear them. Luther explains that those who believe in Christ's words have what the words declare, but those who do not believe have nothing. Martin Luther's other great concern was that we do not let this great treasure pass by to no purpose. Luther believed that the sacrament should be received regularly, even daily, and not to let time lapse in between regular, regularly attending communion. He stated that more, the more one stays away from the sacrament, the more one will become callous and cold and will eventually shun it altogether. In contrast, the more we examine our hearts and desire to be right with God and desire to please him through the sacrament, through taking the sacrament, the more our heart will be warm and kindled. Each time we approach the Lord's table, Jesus comes to us in his body and blood for the forgiveness of our sins to all who trust in his word. All who receive the sacraments receive Christ's body and blood. Those who receive it in faith receive the benefits given in Christ's promise. Those who do not believe receive his judgment. May God richly bless our worship study of the sacrament of the altar. The introduction to the sacrament of the altar. This holy meal known as the sacrament of the altar, holy communion, or the Lord's Supper, was instituted by Jesus at his last supper with his disciples and has its origins in the Passover meal. It was commanded by Christ that whenever the community of faith gathered together, they should partake of his holy and precious body and blood. The bread and wine are the meal are set within the Word of God and are bound to it, just as a gemstone is set within a ring. Christ's promise of forgiveness is attached to this very ordinary bread and wine. Through it we are strengthened in faith for the journey before us of following in Christ's will and way. Martin Luther was concerned in his day that people came to this sacrament of the altar with no understanding of what it was or why they sought it. There were many abuses of the Holy Supper in the medieval church, including giving only the bread and withholding the wine from the laity. Only the priests were invited to partake from the cup. Luther argued in the small called Articles of 1537 that one kind is still not complete order and institution as established and commanded by Christ. Both kinds should be offered to all people 
as all are unworthy, and yet Christ desires to feed sinners with his life-giving body and blood. Just as Luther called baptism a treasure, so he also called Holy Communion a treasure and a gift that we are received in faith. Many in Luther's day had superstitious ideas about the Holy Meal and would either abstain from it or only venerated it with their eyes or hoard it for what were thought to be magical properties. Luther reformed the understanding of the meal and stressed that this meal is for you, given as a gift for, to you from our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's hear God's word as it relates to the sacrament of the altar. Israel is given directions for the Passover meal. This meal will coincide with the final plague that God will wage at Pharaoh. It is to be done in a very particular way with no remnants left over. It is to be done in such a way as to be ready to move quickly, for the Lord is about to free his people from oppression and the bondage of slavery. The first reading is from Exodus, the 12th chapter. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall be for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell all the congregation of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, every man shall take a lamb according to their father's houses, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for a lamb, then he and his nearest neighbor shall take according to the number of persons, according to what each can eat, and, and you shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male, a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it until the fourteenth day of this month, when the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs at twilight. Then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and a lintel of the houses in which they eat it. They shall eat the flesh that night, roasted on the fire. With unleavened bread and bitter herbs they shall eat it. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roasted, its head with its legs and its inner parts. And you shall let none of it remain until the morning. Anything that remains until the morning you shall burn. In this manner you shall eat it, with your belt fastened, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. And you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And on all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. This day shall be for you a memorial day, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord. Throughout your generations, as a statute forever, you shall keep it as a feast. This is the word of the Lord. St. Paul is adamant about the Lord's Supper being a place of true community and equality. For Christ died to feed his people his precious body and blood. Christ came to bring unity to those who believe, not to divide them or have them each eating their own meals and leaving some out. 
He goes on recalling the words of Jesus, which are the words we hear each time we celebrate this holy meal together. Christ's body is for you, and his blood is for you. Each time we partake of this gift, we proclaim to the world that Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for our sake, rose from the grave on the third day, and will come again in glory, is Lord. The second reading is from 1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter. But in the following instructions, I do not commend you, because when you come together, it is not for the better, but for the worse. For in the first place, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you, and I believe it in part, for there must be factions among you in order that those who are genuine among you may be recognized. When you come together, it is not the Lord's Supper that you eat, for in eating, each one goes ahead with his own meal. One goes hungry, another gets drunk. What? Do you have houses to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God and humiliate those who will have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I commend you in this? No, I will not. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you. That the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Whoever, therefore, eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many of you are weak and ill, and some have died. But if we judged ourselves truly, we would not be judged. But when we are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined, so that we may not be condemned along with the world. So then, my brothers... When you come together to eat, wait for one another. If anyone is hungry, let him eat at home, so that when you come together, it will not be for judgment. About the other things, I will give directions when I come. This is the word of the Lord. In Paul's letter to the Corinthians, he warns them to avoid idol worship of every kind. He goes on to tell them that when we ask for the Lord's blessing at the Lord's table, we all share the Lord's blessing of Christ's blood and the benefits of his body. No matter how many of us there are, we all partake and share and eat from one loaf because we are all parts of the one body of Christ. The third reading is from 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter. Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. I speak as to sensible people. Judge for yourselves what I say. The cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one bread, we who are many are one body, and we all partake of the one bread. Consider the people of Israel. Are not those who eat the sacrifices participants in the altar? This is the word of the Lord. 
The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 22nd chapter. Then came the day of unleavened bread, on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. So Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare the Passover for us, that we may eat it. They said to him, Where will you have us prepare it? He said, Behold, when you have entered the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him into the house that he enters, and tell the master of the house, The teacher says to you, Where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room furnished. Prepare it there. And they went, and they found it just as he told them, and they prepared the Passover. When the hour came, he reclined at the table, and the apostles with him. He said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he said, Take this, divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. But behold, the hand of him who betrays me is with me on the table. For the Son of Man goes as it has been determined, but woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. And they began to question one another, which of them it could be who is going to do this. This is the Gospel of the Lord. We will hear the monologue. Have you met my wife Katie? She's a good woman and a hard worker. She keeps our family well fed, and she loves to play host to the many guests who come to our home. Katie always puts a big spread on at the dinner table, and her beer and strudel is vunaba. But Katie's hospitality is no match for the kindness of which we are invited. And while Katie's strudel fills a hunger in the belly, the body and blood of Christ fills a hunger in our souls. Just as the Lord's prayer is the prayer of those who are tempted, the Lord's Supper is the sacrament of the tempted. We all live with fear and anxiety, tempted to unbelief and despair. We all know how deadly it can be to rely on oneself. And so the Lord comes to us himself declaring that to his is his to be ours. Here I am, he says, now you have me, my body and blood. That is why we call the sacrament of the altar, the Lord's Supper. He is the host and the meal. He instituted this sacrament himself without any signal. He instituted this sacrament himself with salvation. But it's not just bread and wine, some say. At best, it's a symbol of Christ, no real presence. Well, we have no desire to argue with those who blaspheme the sacrament with such heresy. It is enough to open one's ears and listen to what Christ himself said. This is my body, this is my blood. And so the sacrament is the true body and blood of Jesus given in, with, and under the bread and wine for us to eat and drink.
It is God's word that gives this sacrament the power, just as in baptism and absolution, it is the word of God at work. It is the words of Christ himself, uh, given and shed for you, that deliver exactly what of Christ himself, given and shed for you, that deliver a grace Christ has brought down from heaven to us. Now, some may wonder if they are worthy to receive these great gifts. I don't wonder. I know I am not, and nor are you. But the Lord chooses to give you to the give to repentant sinful creatures such great and priceless blessings. Are you baptized because you are worthy? Of course not. Or do we make confession without any sin in our hearts? Of course not. We go because we are unworthy and undeserving and sinful. So it is with the Lord's Supper. That person is well prepared and worthy who believes the words given and shed for you. Those words for you are the most important words in the sacrament, and they are words that require simply a believing heart. Now, some may feel they have no need or hunger for the sacrament. To them I say, pinch yourself. Go ahead, pinch yourselves. Do you find that you're made of flesh and blood? Then you have a need. For scripture plainly teaches us that the flesh produces nothing good. The apostle Paul himself concludes, I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwells no good thing. If Paul dares to speak this way, Surely we will not pretend to be holier than he is. Now, Christian people who prize and value the sacrament will certainly urge themselves to partake it uh, often. In some kind, value the sacrament will certainly urge themselves to partake it often. Selves Christian. That was one of my purposes for writing the small catechism, to teach what the Bible says and lead people to understand and cherish God's gifts and not to become indifferent or lazy. Now, there are some who say, I will not come to the Lord's Supper because of that scoundrel of a pastor. Who preside. There are some who say, I will not come to the Lord's Supper because of that scoundrel of a pastor who presides over the table. To them we say, hogwash. Even though a scoundrel may administer the sacrament, God. No saint or angel in heaven can make bread and wine into Christ's body and blood. So then, no one can change or alter what Christ has made effective for our salvation and our strength. So how fitting that we end our time together on this very subject, for in the next week you will have the opportunity to receive the Lord's Supper several times. Some of you maybe for the first time. Remember the words for you. And when you hear them, don't doubt the presence of Christ himself. But be assured that when he makes a promise to you, that this is most certainly true. Amen. But be assured that when he makes a promise to you, that this is most certainly true. Amen.